Welcome to E20, your unofficial EastEnders podcast. I can feel an energy, an edge, a chill running through me. Emma. And I'm just one of Kathy's many flying monkeys. Come to steal the vic away from Sharon. Connor, so what we got coming up this week, Emma? We have your usual roundup, hero and slapping Dan. And we bring back favourite scene this week. We play Storyline Lottery. And who's that EastEnder? But first, here's the jingle. You ain't my mother! Yes, I am! My boy, Blimey. Mr Butcher. 57 was my nan. 57 was everyone else. One minute we'll be looking at each other. The next... Rubbing each other's clothes off. Mother always said I could be a star. Hope Hope you enjoyed enjoyed the fireworks. Good Good night. The week starts for Max with uh, Amy smashing his phone up because of her new glasses, which ironically are meant to make you see better. I thought it was going to be like one of them adverts where it goes, should have gotten spec savers. Like, I actually (laughs) thought that that's what was going to happen. You know, like that she just crashes into him and then she just turns and goes... Should have gotten spec savers. <laughs> we should edit it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do love Max's entire storyline this week. It basically revolved around him becoming an uh, entrenched alcoholic um, and severely depressed over the dumping by Linda. Um, I never saw Max as this emotional. I think, like... I get like that there's obviously deeper layers to this problem and it's not Linda, but like I think at the beginning of this week when he's like, I'm so sad, Linda stopped us. He was hardly with Linda. It was a matter of like a week or something at most. Yeah, and I was just like, Max, there's got to be more to this. There has to be more to this because you can... Let's be real, Max has never loved a single woman in his life. Never. And I'm going to say that. Maybe his mother or, you know, someone important <laughs> to him like that. But, like, he's never loved I love that. any Maybe. Maybe yeah. his mother. His daughters. Do you know what I mean? They're, they're the only women he's ever really, truly loved. Like, he's never loved his, like, sexual partners, his relationships. He just likes them because they're the flavour of the month or, like, they're, you know, exciting to him at that time. Or he gets something else out of them. And that's not, like... I'm not calling him, like, a bad person, but that's just his character. Like, he's never really been the one to be like, oh, I'm deeply, madly in love with Stacey. I'm deeply, madly in love with Tanya. Like, that's not real. That's not Max. Like, Max has had multiple affairs on every single person he's ever been with. So it was just odd. It was odd for me because I was like, hold on, this cannot be about Linda. Yeah, it couldn't be because, like, I wouldn't say it was that heartbroken over, like, Tanya or Stacey, and they're the two you've seen him with the most connection with. Yeah. <laughs> and yet here he is crying over Linda, who he's been with for a maximum of a week or two. Like Exactly. <laughs> it's just not fair. It's just not just Jack. It's like, Max, how old are you? How old are you? <laughs> but we sort of get a few hints that maybe there's there's a deeper, deeper level to this, don't we? I mean, it doesn't help. Max feel any better when Jack literally comes in one day and calls him a waste of space and then walks out um, but Rainy comes across and has a conversation with Max and actually I think that's our first inkling that there might be something else going on. She drops off uh, baby Abby and him. Baby, baby Abby, can't just say Abby. I have the feeling in years to come they're still going to call baby Abby Baby Abby when she's 16 and never actually move on and just call that Abby. I, I feel like that's the way forward. I feel like she's going to grow up and just forever be known as Baby Abby. <laughs> She'll be like 19 people are going, how are you today, Baby Abby? How are you today, Grandma Baby Abby? <laughs> she be 57 and people are still calling her that. <laughs> 57 was Baby Abby. 57 was everyone else. <laughs> Baby Abby is round, drawing some little pictures, and she's just, I mean, she's like Picasso, isn't she? She is. She is. What can we say? 
Not only that, I actually think Baby Abby might be a, a child genius, you know, because Rainey was, like, going on about, like, how her and Baby Abby talk all the time and how Baby Abby's been, like, telling her, like, how Max, all he does is just sit her in front of the television <laughs> and, like, just drinks and stuff. And I was like, oh, my God, she must have, though, because that's, like, stuff that Rainey couldn't have known. <laughs> so I was like, hold on, is Baby Abby actually, like, a genius? How old is Baby Abby now? <laughs> yeah. I love it as well because Rainey goes, bye, sweetheart. And then she goes, it just smiles like a baby smile. It's like, there's something else going on behind that <laughs> smile. She's, she's clever. She knows what she's doing. She's plotting. She is plotting. Yeah. <laughs> you know. I was expecting that to take one of our drones and turn it around and be like, it's you, granddad. And it's like literally like a portrait by like Picasso. <laughs> but. I did love this little drawing sesh because Max's art skills, what can I say, must be inherited. Baby Abby clearly shares his love of art because Max's drawing, absolutely amazing. I've never seen anything like it. It was literally like a big round circle. I'm drawing it forever. (laughs) Big round circle, another smaller round circle and just lots of squiggly lines. I feel like I'm in an art lesson. You're like, right, if you could just copy this, right, it's one Now, just copy this. (laughs) That's exactly (laughs) what it looked like. (laughs) It was literally that though, wasn't it? It was just that. And then like, and then he was like, and that's how she's always drawing. Max, when have you ever had a big round belly though? Uh Uh-huh. Even when he dressed as Santa, he didn't. Yeah, and that like famous Christmas. Oh, what it, I mean, Abby would have been drawing lots of pictures about that, wouldn't she? <laughs> this is when Dad was revealed to be a, an adulterer. This uh, is the moment on the TV where we saw him and Stacey. Imagine Doc comes on and she's like, oh, well, you're drawing sweetheart. And Abby just turns around and she's like, oh, I'm just drawing um, Dad, uh, you know, kissing Stacey. <laughs> I just love it. And also, when did he have, like, a big ginger beard? Like, I don't remember him ever. Like, he's had stubbly ginger beards. Yeah. Max, you are, like, uh, you're you're making this sound like you were Hagrid. You're making out like you had this gigantic beard going down to your flipping feet. You're not one of the seven dwarfs, love. I love it because the drawing was, like, a snowman, but with (laughs) hair. It was Santa. It was ginger Santa. (laughs) I just loved it. And even like baby Abby laughed when she looked at it. And I was like, she's laughing because really, Max, that's a terrible drawing of you. Because she knows how to draw so well. Yeah. Like, she's like, look at this. This is around. like, this is like a photograph. That's yeah. what she makes. <laughs> it's so real. She's like, well, Dad, uh, well, Granddad, I decided to draw you as a uh, part animal, part you. And I've done it in a really surrealist style. Um, I've added some flowers, but I've made them more, mm, less structured and more geometric in shape. And I've used uh, some watercolours for this. I feel like she'll be a watercolours kind of girl. Yeah. 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 I loved how messy that place was. Also, can we just talk about the paper that, like, Max had a drawn on as well? Because... Because there's a moment, isn't there, when he, you find out that the piece of paper he's drawing on, he turns over and it's actually a pamphlet <laughs> for a medium. And you just think, sorry, is all this paper, is this how cheap Max is? He won't go and get, like, nice paper for her to draw on. Instead, he's just went and gotten all the, like, the litter and, like, you know, junk mail from his letterbox. <laughs> and it's like, let's draw on the back of these. Let's not waste these. Imagine if he's trying to print something off the computer, do you think he... <laughs> <laughs> just rather than get paper, puts that in and just sees how yeah, it he comes just out. Yeah, on, on the back. <laughs> oh, it doesn't matter. Just put it on the back. <laughs> He's really like an eco warrior. He's trying to make sure that no more trays are harmed in the making of paper. He wants to recycle. So yes, Max turns the piece of paper around and sees an advert. An advert for a clairvoyant and. It's rare that a soap ventures into the supernatural. And normally whenever it does, it backfires and turns out completely hilarious. And that's exactly what we got. Because the very next day, Max invites the psychic crowd, Disney, just for a chat. I mean, he doesn't believe in any of that stuff. Doesn't believe in any of that stuff. Doesn't believe in ghosts or anything like that. But he's just invited a psychic round. Well, then why have you invited a psychic round if you don't believe in that stuff, Max? <laughs> 
You've I basically love, already told I you're conflicted. <laughs> I love that our first words were, I'm not a con woman. Mm, well, I mean, no, I'm not. <laughs> when someone starts to say stuff like that, I'm a bit like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe don't have that as your opening line. <laughs> yeah, that's our advertisement. I am not a con woman. Listen, he needed Danny Akura. He needed Danny Akura, a professional. Danny Akura would be in there straightway. He would sort out the ghosts for Max. He would be channeling all the spirits. I mean, I, even now, if we've got him on... Oh, he's on, on the line now, Emma. Should oh, I put him on? Yeah, come on. Sharon! Sharon! Yes! 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 Is that you, Sharon? Is that... No, Danny, it, it's us. It's us at A20. Sorry. Hi, Danny. Just decided to call you. See if you could uh, help out. Um, Max has been trying to contact his daughter. And um, we just wanted to see if uh, you, you had any feelings on the other side if you had any spirit guides well there's a lot of energy there's a lot of energy here yes yes a lot of energy but I feel there's a cold chill an edge yes yes she says I'll never forgive you never forgive you for killing Stephen and he says he hates you too oh thanks Danny thank lovely you to Danny from you, as usual have a lovely day <laughs> A lovely positive message from the other side there. <laughs> um, I mean, I just love the woman. She comes in. She's like, I'm not a con woman. Uh, I don't really see ghosts, but I feel energy. I feel energy. Already you've lost us. <laughs> I'm not saying like every second out there is fake. I mean, we've got Danny Akura. He's clearly real. Uh, like, I'm just saying she was a bit sus, wasn't she, guys? She you know, was a bit sus. The bit I loved. And it was like a straight out of Mostly Ghostly because, you know yeah. us, we love yeah. to bring Sharon and Denny along for their little segment during course, yeah. Halloween. And, well, Max says, um, oh, don't tell me you're going to like start rolling your eyes back and start speaking like Abby. And I was thinking, whoa, oh, hey, leave that to the professionals, Max. Yeah. Max, if you wanted that, you have to contact Denny Akura and he's got quite hefty fa- uh, fees, so... Just keep that in mind. He's got quite hefty face. Can't tell you how much me and Emma have had a shell out for him. Honestly, it's terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> Daylight robbery. Daylight robbery. This is the reason why I have to only do Halloween. And, oh, God, we can't yeah. do any more times. That... Exactly. I couldn't afford him more than that. Do you know how much he's going to charge us for that phone call? Yeah. Yeah. We'll get an invoice in a few minutes. <laughs> 250 grand. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just love the psychic from the beginning. I love she comes her. in. You can call in. me B. She's like, you can call me B. What's your sister's name? C? Your mother's name A? What's your dad's name? D? Like, where does this end? <laughs> Hang on. I've got some gossip. Oh. Uh-huh. Did you hear about her auntie Y? Oh! She was shocking. The things she did to flip in, you know, uncle... Uncle G. Disgusting. <gasps> Disgusting what she did to him. It was, wasn't it? Took all of his money and everything, you know. Took all of his money. And took the kids. And took the kids. I and uh, F. Both of them have been dragged along as well. Poor Cousin V. Cousin Having a tough v. time lately. Yeah, Cousin V. Don't get us started on that black sheep, though. Cousin Z. He's <gasps> shocking him. No one should speak to him. No one mentioned that letter. Called RB a freak and a fraud. I mean, come on, like, what is this? And also, when she said, call me B, I just kept on thinking, like, B for Bumblebee, or <laughs> B is in the letter, like, B for what? I thought she was just going to stop buzzing, you know, like, literally, bzzz, bzzz. <laughs> <laughs> Call me Queen B. <laughs> Beyonce walks in. Yeah. Who does this woman think she is? Call me B. All my fans do. <laughs> Do you think she'll just, like, um, you know, how... Was it Psychic Sally? Yes. And she used to go around all the, like, the city hall and stuff like that. I feel like yeah, B yeah. does that. I feel like B's one of those. She is. And she'll be just like Psychic Sally. I'm sensing someone's died. Well, probably. <laughs> you know what I loved the most about B? She never once picked up Bradley. No, never. She was like... It's very interesting, isn't it, that she only picked up one daughter, one <laughs> child. 
<laughs> and only things that, let's be honest. Max had already told her. <laughs> yeah, literally, he tells her everything in five minutes. He's like, yeah, sorry, I shouldn't have invited you. I had a bad breakup. Yes, well, you know, sometimes when we have breakups, it's natural to go back to the things that made us happy, to the relationships and the people that made us happy. I'm like, shut up, B. Like, shut up. You're robbing this man. You're robbing him. (laughs) (laughs) I can imagine you watching the episode. You're robbing him. You're robbing him. I feel like I was having like a Gordon Ramsay moment. You know, there's this moment where he hates this like cookery teacher and when she's failing constantly in house kitchen, he just goes, you're robbing people. <laughs> and I was just like, I feel like that's what I was channeling. <laughs> All the things she was picking up on, let's be honest, she could have just watched a few episodes of EastEnders and got that. <laughs> she probably did. She probably watched one of those EastEnders revealed episodes, you know, like and saw the history of Abby and like the whole fair thing. I love it because she was like, yes, uh, I'm, I can sense her. I can sense her. She's here with us, Max. She's reaching out. She's reaching out. And he's like, he's getting dead emotional, isn't he? And he's like, don't, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Well, again, you've invited the psychic round, so you clearly believe a little bit. Um, and then she's like, you can talk to her. She wants to, to let you know. She wants to let you know, Max, that it's all right. She forgives you. Well, I'm not sure that's Abby, though. Abby was a very vindictive person when she was alive sometimes. And that's what I loved about her. One minute she was a little angel, the next she was locking people in fridges. Like, you know, I'm not sure she would forgive Max. (laughs) Because the death of her also killed her, like, you know, love interest. Let's be real. The baby, the, the dad to her baby. Like, you know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure she would be like, yes, and, uh, and I forgive my father who destroyed my family, made it so my mom left, uh, you know, ruined every Christmas, uh, and also ended up killing me, uh, theoretically, uh, <laughs> and uh, and also killed my partner. Yeah, I forgive him for all of that. She's not the forgiven type, Abby. I, yeah, I, just, <laughs> I, I can't see Abby just letting all that go, if I'm honest. No. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember what she did to her sister? <laughs> she dressed up as a weeping angel and was terrorising her. I'm not sure that that's the forgiven type. <laughs> she tried to drown her in, like, bobbin for apples. Do you remember? <laughs> oh, oh, Abby, full of warmth, apparently. Full of warmth. Full of warmth. Well, she said... Crying. She's crying tears of love. Yeah, yeah. more like fury. Oh, Abby. <laughs> she's, she's weeping tears of blood. She's out for furious revenge. <laughs> like, I feel like that's what the psychic should have said. She should have said, she says, Max, I'll never forgive you. <laughs> Before she leaves, she's like, she will stay in this house tonight. She <laughs> yeah. will stay by your bedside. Make sure you <laughs> never wake up. <laughs> I feel like, I always love that about, like, you know, these, like... I'm not saying all psychics are hacks, by the way. Me and Emma are very open-minded. But most of these, like, professional psychics, the ones that are all on telly, they always have positive messages. They're always like, yes, they're at peace now. They're at peace. They've they've went off to the rainbow in the sky. It's never, like, things like, I'm burning! <laughs> I'm burning in hell for what you did! <laughs> like, it's never horrific. Messages, isn't it? As it's the play like, in the background, I'm on fire! fire. <laughs> <laughs> it's never like, you know, ever since I was little, I've always hated you. Like, it's never <laughs> something like that, is it? I mean, let's be real, right? Max is more concerned about the daughter that's dead than the daughter that's alive. Like, his daughter's living oh, yeah. up to her house. It's homeless. And he's like, I just need to contact my daughter, Abby. She's been dead for years. I need to contact her. Well, why don't you actually make contact with the one that's really alive and just on the end of the phone? Who's just had a whole house burnt down? Yeah. Maybe contact her, Max. (laughs) And also, it's coming up to the anniversary of Bradley's death. Yeah. No. We'll just talk to Abby. Just Abby. He hates hates Bradley. (laughs) Bradley took Stacey from him again. How dare he? I just love it. I love it, right, that this psychic lady 
what she says at one point where Max is like, shut up, it's not real, it's not real, and stuff like that. He's like crying in the corner, and she's like, try not to question it. <laughs> oh, yeah, that would mean that you could totally rob him blind. <laughs> like, try not to question it. It's the whole purpose of being a human, being curious. <laughs> I'm here to um, help you, but not to answer any of your questions, yes. okay? Don't question it, Max, because then you might find out that actually I'm not really a psychic. <laughs> don't question those important things. Let's be honest, the leaflet, it didn't look that good. I don't know. It looked like it had been drawn up by like one of those, like, you know, those YouTube conspiracy theorists, you know, the it kind does. of like, It does. Uh-huh. It's like the Illuminati sign yes. and stuff and they're like, this is the Illuminati. Welcome to such and such as conspiracies. Like you could to- you could totally imagine that on a YouTube channel. And then obviously Jack is not Team B and No, no, no. no. He's angry. And he says just- She's a con artist. Which she said she wasn't. She said She said she wasn't, Jack. Jack, those were that woman's first words. No questions. No yeah. questions. Alright? Yeah. And rather than just help the Max, because clearly he's struggling. Yeah. Jack just thinks, I'm just going to rip you when you won. <laughs> I mean, I do love how supportive Jack is this week. It's just lovely. Calls Max a waste of space, apologises for calling Max a waste of space, then calls him stupid and tells him that, you know, they're all con artists. All these psychics are con artists and you should feel ashamed. You should feel ashamed, Max, for contacting one. Yeah, I, I don't know why he's struggling at the minute, Jack. No, I, I, I mean, I can't see why he's got such a supportive brother with him. I love as well when Jack's like, I, you know, I know you're going through it and uh, I, I really want to be here, but I've kind of said that I'm going to go stay at Denise's, so <laughs> I mean, I can stay in with you if you want, but what do you think? I'm like, come on, Jack, just get out that door. You're trying to make him say, yes, it's fine, go on, go to Denise's. That's what you're wanting him to say. I love it because Max is like, well, whatever happened, at least it got him talking about Abby and it's not exactly like a ghost just walked in. And um, Jack decides, oh, Max isn't feeling very good. I know what'll help him over this Linda stuff. This is all about Linda, clearly. It's all about Linda, yeah. Not that he's just mentioned mentioned Abby constantly. Um, It's all about Linda. Um, So Jack decides, well, he's a copper. Remember, he's a copper. Proper copper, Emma. He's a proper copper. So what would you do as a proper copper? You would obviously take some very important and vital and secret information and tell your family. So he decides to tell Max the whole situation with Mick. Now, how does he know the whole situation? Because technically, the guy came out and said a tiny little piece and said, oh, I'm working on this case. It's about um, abuse. And then the door opened and it was Mick. Jack's managed to get the full story from that. So unless he's been looking at his files, which, again, he's not on the case, and that's just snooping. I mean, all I can say is, Jack, I would probably start looking for somewhere else to work because (laughs) if Mick makes even just the slightest complaint that his entire history of child abuse has been outed by you to your brother who was having an affair with his wife, I think he'll probably be out of a job, mate. The Carters versus the Mitchells. Who will win? You decide. Well, uh, Mix obviously lets Shirley know who attacked Ian, hasn't he? And, uh, oh, she's not happy. Oh, she's not. I mean, we did say this. She would be furious, livid when she found out because she loves her sister Tina and loves her family. And when she finds out that it was Sharon and Phil, Shirley is not happy. In fact, she even goes, he's not going to go away with this, in her angry voice, and um, storms off to confront Phil. But he thinks that's it's all okay. Don't you worry, Shirley. Grey's, yeah, Grey's there. Grey's on the case. Hmm, okay. You still framed a sister, but okay. And also, It's totally fine, though, Emma. What's a bit of framing between friends? True. I mean, let, let's be honest, a few of them have done it. Look at Stuart and Mick. Yeah. I mean, is it just, it's those a funny times. <laughs> just banter, just banter. Yeah. And um, Shirley reminds him that she took Denny in. Years of loyalty. 
She didn't hurt Ben after he killed Heather. True. I mean, she did almost drown him, but then she stopped, didn't yeah, she? Yeah, I was so like, you started, but you didn't finish. <laughs> yeah, that's not to be scoffed at. Let's not scoff at that, everyone. Let's not scoff at that. <laughs> she only attempted to murder Ben. <laughs> she did not go through with the act. Exactly. Exactly. She did say, like, she's not stupid. Why did he not just tell her what was happening? She wouldn't have done anything. She wouldn't have dropped him in it. Even if she was on their, like, wavelength and in on it, and, like, you know, even if she was helping them cover it up or something, Tina would eventually still always end up in the frame because Tina was, like, a loose cannon, like, attacking Ian every day. <laughs> so, like, unless Shirley was like, right, Tina, we're going to get you off of this square just whilst we're doing this, like, Mean Phil and Sharon are basically going to murder Ian. Like, just, just whilst we're, like, doing this, can you just, like, move away for a little bit? What's these odds are? Like, I, unless she did that, Tina would probably still always end up in the frame. And then Shirley would have to drop them in it. Unless... Yeah, you'd be like, well, it's my sister or my ex and his ex. Unless they all team together and pick someone they really don't like on the square and just blame them. Yeah. They're we all, like, all saw so-and-so, right, go into the Vic. <laughs> Smash them in the head uh, off the wind. Yeah, why didn't they all just kind of like create false statements about what they saw? They could have actually framed someone quite easily. Yeah, there's so many possibilities there. There is, there is. Sadly, we'll never see them because Tina's dead and Grey has murdered her. But Shirley doesn't know that, so she's gone round to slag Grey off a little bit more and demand, demand that he tells her everything he knows. Doesn't go well. Uh... Grey kind of is snarky and drinking. He seems to only ever be drinking these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really weird. He's always like, whiskey, whiskey. I've never seen him in court or like coming from work. It's always like, back at the Vic or back at his, drinking whiskey. I might not have, I might not be looking properly. I might not be f- fully focusing here, but I swear down, he wears the same suit. Every day it is. Every day, you're right. It is. He never changes that suit. Does he sleep in the suit? I feel like he does. Right. Hmm. I feel like he gets like, you know, like vacuum packed. He gets like, <laughs> he just puts himself in like one of those like vacuum seals <laughs> and sticks the hoover on. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> just, He's like, all takes a deep breath in. Yeah. Takes a deep breath in, waits until the next day, opens the bag, <gasps> finally gets some fresh air. And then there we go. Clean as a whistle. Doesn't even need a shower, Emma. <laughs> I mean, I love it, right, that Shirley suddenly turns on Grey and she's like, you hated her. You hated her because she could see what you were, see you for who you really are. And it's like, well, you're living here, though, Shirley, like, and you feel like this? Like, what do you mean? You've been telling Tina that, like, she should like Grey, that Uh he's done a lot for her. Like, the next minute you're like, she's knew all along that you're a murderer. Like, you're a wife beater and all of this. And it's like, well, why are you still here, Shirley? (laughs) And that's the thing. Shirley then still stays in house. But Grace has this line like, enjoying my house and all this. But then the argument, he leaves his house and she stays in his house. Where did Grey go for so long as well? Because clearly he was gone for quite some time. Like, the Vic wasn't open or anything. Like, he just chilled around the corner. Like... (laughs) I mean, we do sort of know what some of his time was up to because... I've uh, got so many questions about that. Yeah. Randomly, there is a new character on the square. She's just sat in the corner. She's like, can I have some change? Like, obviously, like, you know, she's homeless. She just wants, like, a, f- a few coppers or whatever you've got in your flipping wallet. And he's like, get a job! I'm like, Jesus Christ, great. She's got a bad enough life to start with. But then, that gives him an idea, doesn't Emma? Seeing someone who's vulnerable, he has £500 and some of Tina's clothes. That's where my questions are going. So, has he, like, stored some of Tina's stuff and thought, right, we'll get that out? How Did he go back for it? Did Shirley not see him leave with those stuff? Yeah, like, where is these clothes? Where are they? Because he, like, kits her out to make her look like Tina. That is creepy ass. I love that she's even got, like, the ponytails as yes! well. <laughs> it was that bit. I was like, nah, that's too much. <laughs> the pigtails, she's got them, doesn't she? She's like, 
the blue hat, the pink hat, sorry, and the like big furry thing. Oh, did he go and buy these stuff that look like Tina's stuff? Like, there's so many questions. Nah, that was Tina's stuff. That was a hundred percent Tina's stuff. So that, yeah. Like, did how did he go and get them? And then does he have a storage unit where he keeps them? Yeah, like, I was. Like, does he, he just do? have like a storage unit with like Tina's body and all of her clothes? Like, where's he stuck at? Like, where's he put all that clothes? Yeah. And Imagine now... it's like storage hunters or something. Remember that show? <laughs> yeah. And they're like, I've got a storage locker here. The guy hasn't paid on anything. So here <laughs> we go. The crack it open. Just flies, fly out. And then someone, you know, someone will be like, I'll give you 500 bed. <laughs> 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 once, going twice, sold. I love the idea though as well that like, the, the story that he gave this this homeless lady was just wear her clothes, right? Just do whatever you want. Go shoplifting. And also, right. he, he gave over money to shoplift. I know, I love it. <laughs> if she got arrested, they would literally think she'd stolen all that cash. Can you yeah. imagine? She just so happens to be shoplifting and has like £500. But surely, if she gets arrested, they would go, oh, that's not Tina. Yeah, like, how did they know she was shoplifting but didn't arrest her? Yeah, and did she run out the... <laughs> did she run out the shop, right? Going, I'm Tina Carter! I'm Tina Carter! <laughs> Don't tell anyone, though! <laughs> <laughs> or is she, like, some sort of superhero or villain or yeah, something like that on those movies? Like... And that was the last you will see of Tina, Tina Carter! Carter! Run! Sorry, <laughs> Tina Carter! <laughs> <laughs> I love how unhinged this podcast has become. Like, this is what lockdown's become. Like, this is what it's made of me and Emma. Oh, it really has. I mean, I just think it's hysterical as well that the police come over and they're like, we've just had reports that someone matching Tina Carter's, Tina Carter's uh, appearance uh, has has been spotted shoplifting. And it's like, sorry, someone matching Tina Carter's description. Pigtails, pink hat and a furry coat. That's all. <laughs> The rest that that woman looks like is a tramp. She's got dirt on her face. She's wrinkly and very old. And, like, also shoplifts. Is that Tina Carter? Like, <laughs> I love that that's the whole thing. So anyone yeah. out there today in pigtails, a hat and a fluffy coat, watch out. Yeah, anyone who's <laughs> shoplifting and stressed like that, that's Tina Carter. Don't you forget it. <laughs> It's the way Grace sits there so confidently, like, at least we know she's okay. Shirley's like, yeah. okay, she's just shoplifting. Yeah. I did love that scene, though, because Shirley's like, listen, Grace, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about last night and having to go at you. Yeah, I'm really sorry. I was terrible. I was out of line. And then he's like, it's all right, Shirley. At least now we know Tina's all right. And she's like, all right! <laughs> she's shoplifted! What do you know? You don't even like her! Like, <laughs> Sorry for having a go, but I did miss out some pieces, so I'm just going to shout yeah. them at you now. I'm just going to shout them <laughs> I love as well that all of this like Carter business versus the Mitchells kind of like spirals with like Kathy and like Sharon and stuff because Kathy's trying to steal the vicar off of Sharon which is completely illegal by the way she's just just hired bailiffs when really she has no authority to do so I know that was um, weird like in the guy it's the way the guys just go ahead and do it anyway yes they're just chilling and like flipping packing up our stuff and um the best thing about this is that during all of this, like, moving stuff and, like, trying to steal all of Sharon's, like, possessions, um, Kathy's confronted by the fact that her son's not dead, Sharon didn't murder him after all, and he's alive and just hasn't returned to the square. Worse still, he signed over the Vic to her and now <laughs> give her Sharon an omen. Kathy is literally livid to the point where she's like, I want to see those papers! To which the solicitor reminds her, actually, Kathy, you have no authority here. In the immortal words of the parish council, <laughs> you have no authority here. No authority. And this all kind of, like, madly kind of converges with the court as, doesn't it? Because suddenly, suddenly Mick wants the pub back. Linda's forgotten that she's yeah. an alcoholic. Linda's she's... forgotten why they left in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. They've become Tina, essentially. They've become <laughs> Tina. They're like, ah, oh, it's, it's mixed pub. It's mixed pub. <laughs> and he wants it back. I know you've got it now, Sharon, but you're going to sell it back to her. We're going to sell it back to her. It's like, mm, I don't think she is, though, is she? I don't think she is. Because, again, who are you to demand this? You're also an alcoholic, Linda. 
coming back here probably isn't the best idea. Linda was leaving because she was an alcoholic and we were going to see how she was going to cope and like how this yeah. was going to change the Carters and like see them elsewhere. And then all of a sudden they might just be back. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, I'm sorry. It would be too quick. We love EastEnders. We love EastEnders and we love all of the mad storylines. We love all the twists and turns, even the storylines that we don't particularly like, we laugh about. So we enjoy all of it. However, I am not behind this. I feel like Linda does need some time away from that pub more than what she's currently had. And I, I definitely think that Sharon needs time in the pub. Like, I feel like Sharon needs at least a year in that pub. And if she decides to take a break or leaves at some point, that's a perfect chance for someone else to come into that pub. But it can't be the card as to me. So they're talking about, oh, Mick wants the pub back. And rather than Linda have the sensible option of, oh, well, Sharon owns it now. And... She's only really got Tracy working with her at the moment. How about Mick does like what gets the job? What like basically yeah. Dottie does at Ruby's? He's yeah, where exactly. Where's like bar manager? Yeah, like then be when Sharon, so Sharon can be like the landlady, and Mick can just come and do some shifts or manage the bar or whatever. But no, hand it back to us. Yeah, wrong direction. And although um. We did say we want all the Carter kids back, even if some are recasts and stuff. And we, we obviously have the news that um, Nancy is returning to the square. Um, I do feel like I don't want the Carter kids in the pub. I don't want that again. I want something new. Maybe, like, all of the Carter kids could return. The Carters could, re- like, all unite and maybe, like, run a restaurant or something or, or like, an eatery or something. You know what I mean? Emma, love a new business. Yeah. And I'm always up for a new business. Something new for the Carters. There's plenty of places on the square that they could go and set up somewhere. Definitely. I feel like it's never going to happen the same way. We enjoyed them in the pub the first time. I feel like they need something else. Like, maybe, yeah. like, a new venue. Like, characters need to uh, change a bit and mm-hmm. see them in different environments. And yeah. like, I think going straight back in, that could have what was a good time could then be maybe hindered. While mm. if you have a good enough break, like look at Sharon, she's had big breaks in between. Then you get excited when she goes back, yeah. and you need that kind of atmosphere, and yeah, you need definitely. to see what else the Carters can bring, like to a new business, to yeah. something else, like not just the pub, because I don't want them to be pigeonholed into something when they're very yeah. capable of doing something else as well. Mick's clearly got, like, I know he's not, like, a culinary master or anything, but, like, he clearly likes cooking. I feel like he's, it's one of his passions, clearly. Like, he constantly cooks, like, on the square now. Like, it's always like, it's steak night tonight. I'm going to make some pies. Like, it's always something like that. And I feel like maybe that's the avenue to go down. Maybe Mick could open his own, like, you know, gastro pub or something or, or like, um, some sort of, like, eatery that's more homemade and more, like, down to earth, do you know what I mean? Well, Max is leaving. Ian's not on the square. Someone's going to need to do something with Walford East, surely. Perfect place for them. Oh, Perfect I think... Why Why do I think Mick would be great on, like, a stall? And I quite like Linda in the lingerie. I feel... I love yeah. a little pink outfit. She's always got a little tab on. <laughs> yeah. They might... Like, they could branch out into multiple businesses. It would be so good if, like, that's where they go with the Carters. I, I feel like... With Nancy coming back, Lee's got to be around the corner. Yeah, Surely he's definitely. definitely coming back as They're well. definitely building them back up. And we'll yeah. see them integrate with Frankie as well, which will be nice. Exactly. That'd be lovely. I'm looking forward to seeing like Nancy's relationship with Frankie. I just kind of want something new for the Carters. And I don't want them having the Vic. I feel like there needs to be something new. So obviously with Mick missing the Vic and Linda's um, threat to Sharon, naturally... Um, after Sharon tells Phil the next the next idea you would have is just threaten Linda's children. <laughs> oh, Phil. <laughs> How we love you. Always the caring father. Father to father. He knows what it's like to lose a son. That's why he's going to threaten. That's why he's going to threaten Linda. <laughs> he's going to threaten her and let her know that he can kill her son anytime. Anytime. Well, Denise is missing and Chelsea gets a mysterious phone call. Oh, is that not your phone going? Oh, oh, sorry, that's not Chelsea getting a phone call, it's me. It must be Denny. 
It must be Danny talking about his invoice. Yeah, yeah, we'll go because he'd be charging with fortune, you know. Right, sorry about this. Sorry about this, guys. Sorry, Hello. I love the method acting, by the way. I, know, I literally took my headphones off and everything. Hello? Oh. Oh, you've... Frankie's not seen the videos. But you have, and... And you got my tone loud and clear? <gasps> eh? Yeah, I'm a, it's some Irish guy, Ken. Oh. Except this time he's seeing the actual line and not the line that we made up. I was just going to say that. That sounded very much like the line they said on, on actual EastEnders. I don't know how he keeps getting this number. I've changed it five times. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, I've got another call. I told you. I wanted those drugs done. <laughs> I wanted those drugs sent to Ibiza. Sorry, what? You, you, you were meant to be sending drugs to Ibiza? Oh, Emma, it's been a hard lockdown for me. And so naturally, like Chelsea, I've had to branch out. I've become a delivery driver. Yeah, yeah. Delivery driver. And uh, we courier everything. We oh, courier dear, everything. right. Okay, I'm yeah. just worried because obviously with the pandemic and travelling, yeah. will you get there all right? Oh, yeah, it's fine. I'm on my bike. It's fine. I'll just okay. pedal along. I'll pedal along. Might take us about 12 months, but I'll get there eventually. <laughs> I'll get there eventually. I mean, I just love this whole storyline because Chelsea meets up with her. She, she's obviously already had a phone call and Caleb's like, don't you worry, Chelsea. Don't you worry. Nothing's going to happen. You mean... It's fine. Don't you worry, Chelsea. Don't you worry. <laughs> don't you worry, Chelsea. I'll use my gruff voice and tell you that it's fine. I'm not going to do anything. You're safe. You just have to do one thing for me. Just one thing. <laughs> and then naturally, just kidnaps Denise anyway, threatens her, has her huddled in a corner. And uh, yeah, just just like he told Chelsea, nothing would happen. It didn't. <laughs> nothing did? What are you on about? Nothing, nah. Nah, he just, just took, his, took her mum and had nothing happen to her in the back of a van. And nothing happened to her as he trapped her inside of a warehouse. Yeah. Well, now, yeah, do you not remember... They all love a kidnapping in a warehouse. And we've oh, been do. on their trip advisor. Yeah. And that was apparently rated, it wasn't quite the five, but it was no. four. So, you know. That was a four star kidnapping experience. It was hardly so really... Michaela's. Michaela's was something else. And to be fair, yeah. the Panazars as well, because they had the TV. But... Yeah, you got television there. Yeah, you didn't get the TV and that knocked down the star, but, you know, I, I it was comfortable. I feel like that's why Denise was crying. I feel like Denise was going, <laughs> it said it was going to have in-flight entertainment and half-board, but I've only got this room. Like, <laughs> I feel like that's what it was. She was expecting a holiday away, and so she went on TripAdvisor. She saw that these kidnapping experiences were all the rage and was like, Caleb, yes. Uh, I would like uh, to book one of those kidnapping sessions. Uh, yeah, that'll be how much? 250 right. grand. 250, right. Lovely. Or, or what? What was the other thing? Or I'll take some drugs to Ibiza for you. Okay, yeah, fine. I'll do that. No problem. I've always <laughs> wanted to go to Ibiza anyway. My daughter was taking her dad and, uh, yeah, she didn't want to take me. But I've got selfish, the suitcase. Selfish cow. <laughs> <laughs> She was so hateful, wasn't she, last week about not getting the whole day? <laughs> I love Selfish it. <laughs> <laughs> and then the best thing is, Chelsea goes to meet her psychotic ex. Her psychotic... He's kidnapped her mum. She's like, I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, listen, I know what I said, but I can't believe you believed me. I mean, how stupid are you? I feel like the whole thing was just a big prank. Like, really, it's just like, just wanted to get you. Got you good, didn't I? Got you good, said you were off the hook. Now I'm going to murder your whole family. Do you uh, think it's like one of those TV shows and everyone was going to jump out and go, ha ha, you've been yeah. pranked. And he's like, and there's the cameras. There's the cameras. And there's the cameras. And Denise is in the corner waving on the video. Say, this is for not taking this time, Peter. This is for not taking this time, Peter. You selfish so and so. And then all the, the people who were in Ruby's were all the crowd, and they all go, yeah. <laughs> Ruby's like, ha 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 ha. I just love Caleb in this moment because he does his gruff voice again. I'm like, listen, you little weasel. That little gruff voice doesn't scare us. We've seen scarier people on this flipping podcast. 
Where's it? Oh, sorry, I've got a phone call, can I? Oh, okay. I've told you. I told you now to mention my name. That'll be that'll be two hundred and fifty grand or drugs tied breather. Oh, it's it's sorry, Caleb. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, what can I say? He's a hunk. He was a hunk, and I met him in Ibiza. Met him in Ibiza, and we just got talking. And <laughs> he bought you loads oh. of stuff as well. I mean, he did. He bought us loads of things, and you know, really, is a sweetheart when he's not killing people and kidnapping my mum. I'm just gonna have to get on my bike. Just gonna have to get on my delivery bike and, and take them trucks. Oh, do you got? If you got to go now. Yeah, literally now. Where if I don't get off now, I'll not be there by the three week deadline. So. See you later. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> well, I guess I'm doing the rest of the podcast alone. Three weeks later. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back, guys. <laughs> How was it? Was it nice? You get a nice holiday? Traffic was murder. Traffic was murder. I mean, literally, murdered most of the people who were in the traffic. Um, Can I ask about your bike? Was it just you on the bike? Or was it one of those two people bikes and Caleb was on the of a part of the bike. <laughs> uh, it was one of those um what do they call them it, where it's like uh it's got like the big tented thing in the back as well uh what, <laughs> I what you mean <laughs> i can't think of what they're called oh the rickshaws rickshaws <laughs> it, it, well done emma it was a rickshaw it was oh, a rickshaw right. so yeah, do you yeah. pedal and he sits in there he just sits in the back he likes to make sure that i get this job done for him right i mean if I do, though, I get a lovely coat out of it. So that's the plus side. You know, Ooh. I might further in the criminal activity over there, the misery of everyone's lives over there. But I get a nice coat at the end of it. <laughs> all worth it for the coat you could have bought it's yourself. all worth it in the end, isn't it? Yeah. It's all worth it. I love it because then randomly, right, back to standards, back to standards, and uh, randomly, after the threatening by Caleb, Chelsea agrees, she will she will take the drugs. She will get get Lucas to take those drugs. But he has to send a man back. And just like Santa Claus, he delivers, doesn't he, Emma? <laughs> Randomly, Denise suddenly appears five seconds later, staggering through the through the market, delirious. Delirious. She's like, where am I? Where am I? Chelsea? I love Denise when she comes in. She's like, I can't speak to you. I can't speak to you. Come on, Mum. Let's just go. Okay. Okay. Go sit. <laughs> go, go get sit a drink. Down. Who is this man, Chelsea? Do tell me the entire story about how you met him. I mean, five minutes ago, Denise, you couldn't even stand to be near her, and now you're <laughs> wanting her to sit with you for three hours and recount the entire history of their relationship. And I, I mean, love it, because like... I have to say, Caleb sounds like a catch. Oh, what a catch, Emma. Lovely she guy. Met him in Ibiza. Met him in Ibiza on the dance floor. He was a hunk. I just fell madly in love across the dance floor the minute my eyes lay sight upon him. He was something else, Mum. He was glowing, radiant. He was sculpted by the gods. It was like, no chance, he was just an average bloke who was also a drug dealer. <laughs> I love it because he's like, well, you know, he wasn't bad at the beginning. He just sold some drugs. I'm like, what do you mean? And she's like, and then one day, he pulled out a gun. Yeah, I love that bit when they're on their romantic night out together. <laughs> they're on their romantic night out. He knows how to treat that Disney, Emma. He knows how to treat Chelsea. He's like, don't worry, we're going to go to this beautiful scenery. Gonna go. Hey, wait, are you the brother of that guy who's going to give me money? Bang! <laughs> Chelsea's still in love with him, though. She can't help herself. She's like, in fact, let's go home, Caleb. Let's have an early night. Caleb's like, now where were we, Chelsea? Yeah, nothing turns nothing turns them on more than like a criminal act. A criminal act of either drug dealing or killing someone. Because she then goes, it took me a while. It took me a while, but I eventually got away from him. Well, yeah, but he's still on the scene, clearly. He's still there. Took me a while, but he's still here. What can I say? I'm a glutton for punishment. I just love it. I love a man who can gun down a teenager. Like... It's something else, isn't it? I love it because I just like I got away from him eventually, but that's why I dropped three grand buying this coat and uh, dropped another two of his money. You know, just getting dad some food and and you know treating him. Like I love that Chelsea's still using this guy who's clearly crazy, using his money. Got because away from him eventually, but I'm still using his cash. Why not pick a guy who can <laughs> threaten your family? Yeah, take them hostage. And also shoot people. Oh, 
I mean, it's like, you know, when people used to say, you always wanted someone that you could take home to your parents. Chelsea really wants someone who can take her parents home, lock them <laughs> in a warehouse and uh, threaten them with violence. <laughs> 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 oh, how romantic. How romantic. The you sex know- chivalry was dead, Emma. I've never met Caleb. He'll shoot someone for Chelsea. I wonder if on their Valentine's cards they'll have things like, uh, I wouldn't just shoot anyone, <laughs> but I would I would for you. You know, something. <laughs> yeah, something like, roses are red, violets are blue, but if you take my drugs to Ibiza, I won't shoot you. <laughs> I'd like, you know, when it's like, I would cross an ocean for you. Uh, yeah. I would take drugs to Ibiza for yeah. you. And it's got a picture of like the sand and the sea. Yeah, and the drugs. And the drugs <laughs> on the drug side. Factor. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I love that relationship. I actually am, like, call me crazy, but I'm actually rooting for them, guys. I'm really rooting for I Caleb and now. Chelsea. Uh-huh. I think they're, they're a love for the, for the ages. I feel like just to see their Valentine's Day cards and chocolates, do you think... The chocolates spell out, will you go to Ibiza with me? Yeah, say like that. The cake inside, it has the bag ready to take. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I just love the whole thing. Like, it's just hysterical now. And it gets even better because Denise is like, what about Lucas? I thought you loved him. And she's like, I hated him. I hate him for what he did. And this is why I've got him out. It's just as Emma said, she just wants to get him locked back up because and to punish him. Ta-da! And it's that that gets Denise back on board. She's like, I'm so proud of you, Chelsea. Let's do it together. <laughs> With Denise and Chelsea forming their own duo, they're going to take both Caleb and Lucas down. They're going to destroy them both. That lasts about five minutes because Denise goes to church. She's seeking Lucas. And, well, we all know where Lucas will be. Church begging God for forgiveness for all the lives he's taken. Not sure he's listening. Um, I, I kind of think it's probably Abby who comes through and she's like, I'll never forgive you. I'll never forgive you, Lucas. And he's like, wait, who are you? I'm trying to talk to God. I'm trying, trying to reach God. Can you put him on, please? Put him on. And uh, Lucas is hiding away in the back and Denise demands, demands that the pastor, a.k.a. God or some other divine being, Tells her exactly, exactly where Lucas is. Because she knows he knows. She knows that his omniscience knows exactly where he is. At any given moment. But he can't help. He can't help. <laughs> can't help. <laughs> Smiles. <laughs> Maybe it's a good idea that he's not around you. <laughs> it was like, oh my God, the smiling preacher. The smiling preacher is, is defending the murderer again. Clearly he's hiding him away. They're best friends. It's so weird. It's so weird. Maybe it's best for Lucas's rehabilitation. Rehabilitation, murder people. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'd, listen. Connor, he's trying. He's trying. That's true. Imagine Kathy just storms through and starts attacking us because I've not forgiven him. <laughs> so I love it. Denise sits down and manages to persuade uh, Lucas that, yeah, he should take those drugs to Ibiza. I mean, he should. She thinks it's a wonderful idea to go to Ibiza. She thinks it's a wonderful idea. And he should make it up to Chelsea. And he's like, listen, Dave, I know that she's trying to set me up to take drugs to Ibiza. <laughs> and she's like, whatever gave you that impression? Well, suddenly, Denise, you wanted, you stopped wanting to go to Ibiza with Chelsea and now want Lucas, who you hate, to go to Ibiza with Chelsea. Hmm. <laughs> well, that and the fact that he's known all along. <laughs> <laughs> I love the bit where he's just like, yeah, I'm going to go and kill Caleb. I love that. That and the best, the other moment that I we haven't touched upon, but I have to just give reference to, is when he's sat in the church and he just goes, ah! I was like, you've made a lovely meme for everyone there. There's so he many times has. you just want to sit and do that. Yeah. <laughs> and when he comes back from wanting to kill Caleb and he goes, oh, he wasn't in. I'll try again later. <laughs> yeah. I'll try again later. I just love the way he delivers the lines. It was like the other week, like, 
are you angry with me, Denise? <laughs> and then, yeah, he wasn't in. I'll try again later. <laughs> He's killing it. Lucas is killing it. Ha ha ha, literally. Yeah, literally. Literally. He's going to kill everyone. Because he's a murderer. A serial murderer. <laughs> <laughs> so, if um, if he can't live his life without Chelsea, then, you know what, he's going to head back to prison. And if he gets away with the drugs, well, he'll have a lovely holiday. Yeah, that's a bonus. <laughs> <laughs> and Denise says, if he messes it up, God help him. Even though, can we just clarify, her and Chelsea have forced him to do the job. <laughs> I do love that. I love when she's like, God help him. Well, I'm not sure they're on the best of speaking terms. Like, <laughs> since the last time he was in his church, he just screamed at him. <laughs> so good luck, Lucas. Have a nice holiday. Connor, I'll see yeah, you then three hard. weeks. You'll be down three weeks, won't you? Uh, so you, yeah. you might bump into each other. Um, I'll see you around. So just, I don't want any phone calls from Caleb when you're out there, oh, right? Oh, right, okay. I mean, what can I say? I've got a type, I'm a, I like a bad boy. Favourite scene of the week. Our favourite scene this week is the call centre scene where Big Mo gets a new job and we're having them all outside chatting. There's Stacey there, Kira there, Bernie there. And then Mo comes along, ready to start her first day, and asks about the sexual harassment policy. I mean, I loved it. I loved it. You got Stacey making little quips about how long Karat can last in bed and things. <laughs> and I mean, we we love that man. So it was, you know, it was quite nice to see them maybe revisiting that just even briefly. And then then Big Mo comes along, and delivers the sexual harassment line and it's just gold it's comedy gold absolutely perfect even karat smiles doesn't he he's just like having the time of his life i love the call center by the way i want to see more i want more scenes because i think that group of people is brilliant i think they could iconic they could add so much you could you've got you you like proper real life element but also there's like little bits of comedy but it feels so natural and real and that you can tell they all had like great relationship the way it just felt natural and it's nice that bernie's back oh i know more call center scenes please more call center scenes favorite scene of the week surprise this is a surprising one for you all today our hero our hero of the week is Lucas, because remember, he's trying. He's trying. He's trying, Emma. I was just about to say that as well. I'm a piece to it. He's trying, guys. Oh, slap and Dan this week. It has to go to Caleb. I mean, it has to. He is so evil. It wouldn't surprise me if he was even the one responsible for that runaway cart incident. Like, he kidnapped Denise, held her hostage, didn't even provide her with a television man. I mean, come on. What's the world coming to when you don't do that? You know, kidnappings aren't what they used to be, Emma. I mean, I, d- I don't think I'll be rating him. Well, I don't know how he got his four stars on uh, TripAdvisor. Nah, nah, I don't. I'd bear with Chelsea because, I mean, she loved him. Ever since he shot that teenager in Ibiza, ever since he did that, lovely. Oh, and lovely. remember, though, he was, he was hot and he bought her things. Duh, as our hero of the week, we will be rating out of Lucas's. And we will be given this week 3.5 Lucas's. This is only right. I feel like we had less episodes to really work with. Um, and everything was a bit off kilter. And sometimes some of the stories were a bit hit and miss. But overall, I think that it pulled itself up with like all the comedy from the call centre. The interesting stuff going on with... like. Um, the Fox Trumans. I know that like our friends over at uh, View from the Vic love them as well, and they'll agree with us. This week was a good week for the for Denise and everyone. And um, yeah, I think for that reason, it's got to be three point five. Yeah, I think I really enjoyed all the stuff with like Lucas and the way he delivers these lines. I just I just love them, and yeah. um, 
I also I love the call centre stuff and the bits of comedy there and Mo getting the job. The bits mm. for me that let the week down had to be, I feel like Max's exit's very rushed. And I think for mm. the years he's been on Square and the character that he is, he deserves a bigger exit than him crying over Linda. Yeah, I agree. I feel like it. it's kind of lost itself, Max's little story. It was going somewhere and it lost itself. I think probably what would have been a better storyline for him would be going down again for a crime he didn't commit. Mm. I feel like that would have been a good... I know it's horrible, but it would be a very good and traumatic ending for a character that's brought us some of the greatest storylines ever because it's kind of like... It's more fizzling than it is going out with a bang, isn't it? And I enjoyed the Carters versus the Mitchells, seeing how that's going. Yes. And... Something that could have probably been a bit like improved um, is on Friday you had the two parts. Now the mm. first part that was an excellent episode ended on yes. a cliffhanger. You're like, oh my god! Then you got part two, and it was just like the Whitney and Cush stuff just didn't feel right. Yeah, and bogged it, it down a bit, didn't it? Yeah, kind of didn't fit for me personally. It kind of ended on something where on Monday there wasn't a big <gasps> red that you were waiting for over the weekend. You were just like, okay. Yeah, I definitely think like you're right. The duff duff where on part one, it was like a very big duff duff and it was like impact. That would be the kind of one to leave it before the weekend because then we'll come back. We're like, oh my God, oh my God. Whereas when we got that final part, it was kind of a bit like, meh. Now it's time to play a little game we've now invented and it's going to come every now and again and you are going to take part in it. So, on our Twitter, you will have seen by now, by the time this episode has gone out, that we have posted a quote. Not just any quote, though. One that we regularly misquote. It was, Frankie's not seen the videos, but I have. And I got your tone loud and clear. What we say is... <laughs> <laughs> and what we say is... <laughs> I've seen the videos and I'm not impressed. And neither is Frankie. And we, we were both convinced we heard that. We did we not. <laughs> but the game is, who's that EastEnder? And basically, it's a rip-off of who's that Pokemon? Where during the breaks, you would have to guess who the silhouetted Pokemon was. And it's simple. You just have to guess... Who is the one who said the quote? Now, if you said random Irish guy, <laughs> you were correct. Now it's time for a new game we're going to be playing every few weeks called the Storyline Lottery. And what this entails is me and Connor have a person each. These two characters will have been paired together. Connor picks a scenario and I pick a location. And then we have to pitch a storyline to you as if you are our E20 dragons, a bit like Dragon's Den. And at the end of it, after you've heard it on the podcast, why not tweet us or Instagram us or Instagram DM us or whatever and just say, are you in or are you out? So we are going to tell each other what we've picked. We don't know what the other one's picked yet. And then... We've just got to come up with a storyline right here, right now. And it can be as random as possible. So let's see. I've picked my person as Ash Panazar. Well, I've picked my person as random psychic lady called B. <laughs> <laughs> so already the storyline's off to a, to a fine start. My location is the market. Ooh, I wonder if I'm getting any, picking up any vibes there, any vibes, any spirits, any energies. <laughs> well, B has picked up on something. She's had a vision. She, she's seen the future. Because the scenario that I picked, Emma, well, it's a return of an infamous storyline. <gasps> one that haunts EastEnders. One that still fills the heart with ice and chills us to the bone. Oh my God, is this the one that I was like really hoping you were going to pick? <laughs> it's a return of the bin collections. Yes! And worse than that, Emma, it's no longer fortnightly bin collections. <gasps> it's no longer worrying. What about all the dirty nappies? It's going to be at the end of days because it's three weekly <gasps> bin collections. No. 
No. So, so here's the story, right? Here's the story pitch. Here we go, We've... dragons. E20 dragons, get ready. So the storyline is this. Psychic B and Ash Panasar in the marketplace. Psychic B has a vision. Sees the, four, the fortnightly bin collections are going to three weekly bin collections. Sees that it will bring about the end of all cleanliness and all security, safety, and everything else. It's going to end the world. She sees this. Well, Ash obviously is devastated because this is just horrible news. Luckily, though, she's got Suki, hasn't she? Suki's not going to have this. And she knows. She knows they can get this sorted. And they could probably even take their brother down and just blame him. Well, that would be a great ending. Except Psychic B has another vision. She has another vision. And she's seeing, she's getting an energy coming through. An energy. And it's none other than. It's none other than. She's struggling to get this one out. Struggling to get this one out. It's none other than that uncle that Suki killed. He's behind these bin collections. So E20 Dragons. Why not let us know? Twitter at E20 Podcast or Instagram at E20 underscore podcast. Are you in or are you out on this storyline? This week's episode is sponsored by Caleb's Valentine's Cards. Why bother with Hallmark when you can go to Caleb? He has the greatest and most romantic phrases in his repertoire. You can get two for one at the moment on any Caleb card. Hope you enjoyed the fireworks. Good night.